0: Turn with me, please, in the scriptures, 1 Timothy 6, and we'll begin here in about verse 12. 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession, Before many witnesses, verse 13, I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Is he talking about confession in these verses? In connection with what? Fighting, the good fight of faith. Is there a connection between confession and faith? Oh boy. You know, sometimes people visit our church and it seems strange to them. That we're all saying things. I'll say say this. Say that. People go I'm not saying all that. That's strange. No that's the way it used to be. Over the centuries. The church had just gotten away from it. Did you know Jesus is called. The, the high priest. The apostle of our confession. He works with what we say. Did you know that?
1: Yes.
0: From heaven, he works with what we say at the throne. So what if you're not saying anything? <laughs> not much to work with there, right? So uh, anybody know how you get born again? Not just by believing. Not just by believing. Faith without works is dead. And one of the main actions to your faith is what you say. It's how God created everything. <laughs> he believed it in his heart. He said it with his mouth. And power released. And it happened. I know this sounds magical, spooky to people who don't discern these things. But this is just how it is. It's always been this way. It'll always be this way. And if you want things to start changing in your life, you need to get to believe in some things in your heart. And saying some things with your mouth. Right? Now if you say it. And don't believe it. It's not some magical incantation. That you just say the right words. And presto something happens. No, no, no. You got to believe it. In your heart. fully persuaded. But if you really believe it. And you say it. Power is released. And this is how God works in our life. If you will believe and say what he said about you. He will do what you say. Because you're saying what he said. (laughs) So he's doing what he said. But he's able to do it in your life when he's not able to do it in other people's lives because you said it. How'd you get born again? Did a miracle happen when you got born again? Inside you? All things passed away? All things become new? New creation? Is that a miracle? How did it happen? And when did it happen? Why did it happen for you then? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, if you'll do what else? If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that in your heart, you'll be saved. How many did that? I want to see you. Did you do that? Did it work? Yes. Well, if it worked for that, why wouldn't it work for something else? Why wouldn't it work in your finances, with your kids, with your marriage, with your body? I had the privilege of working at Brother Kenneth Hagin's healing school there on the campus of Ramah for a number of years. And uh, one of the things that the Lord helped us to see was this connection between believing and saying. And I don't know at the time. That I'd be ministering to people endeavoring to try to help people receive their healing, and I remember the one time this guy he was telling me what was wrong, and uh, we're going we're gonna believe for something to be changed, but he said uh, he said the problem is uh reverend Moore, that uh <laughs> my eye ducts just don't work right. I don't know why we I've been to three or four doctors and And they've done all these tests, but they don't work right. We've tried this, and we've taken this, but my tear ducts don't work for some reason. They just don't work right. And I said, how long have you been saying that? He said, saying
1: what?
0: Saying what? I said, you're saying your tear ducts don't work right. He said, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's the problem.
1: They don't work right.
0: Does he believe that? Yeah. Does he say, and he's saying that he's confessing it and he's, he's believing it. He's establishing it in his life. People say, I don't believe in all that confession stuff. They're doing it and it's working powerfully. They're just doing it in the negative. But when you operate by faith, you don't just call things the way they are. If you don't want it to be the way it is, got to quit calling it the way it is. Anybody remember a Scripture in Romans 4 that talks about calling those things that are not as though they were? My bad knee. It's a bum knee. Man, that knee, it's a bad, is it a bad knee? <laughs> My asthma. (laughs) Whose asthma? (laughs) Your asthma. (laughs) Every time I eat that, I get so sick. That's not a statement of fact. That's a prophecy. (laughs) You are prophesying that the next time you eat it, you're going to get sick. Someone says that's how it is. No, it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Well, that's just how it is. No, you said every time you do. It does. That's not something that happened. That's something you're prophesying about the future. The Bible says that the tongue in James is like the rudder on a ship. Today we'd say it's like the steering wheel. Right in your car. If you want to get out here on I-75. And if you're going south. But you want to go to Tampa. (laughs) What do you need to do? I mean you are headed south. Towards Fort Myers at 90 miles an hour. (laughs) And you said. But I don't want to go south. I want to go north. What do you need to do? You need to turn around. How are you going to turn around? You turn the steering wheel. But if you say, no. Now I don't believe in turning the steering wheel. I just believe in calling it like it is. I'm going south. And if I'm going south, that's what I'm saying. I'm going south. I know it sounds dumb. Because it is. If you want something to turn around. You got to quit calling it what it is and start calling it something else. My strong knee, my healed knee. Oh, come on. Somebody help me out. Knee, I'm talking to you. If God can speak planets into existence, a child of God, a son, a daughter of God ought to be able to speak some healing into a knee. Come on. Is that right? That's how it works. Now, if you don't believe that, it's not going to work for you. But it's still the truth. Speak to your liver. Speak to your kidneys. Did Jesus speak to trees? Trees, wind, wave. Is that right? Dead bodies. Yeah, but he's the son of God. You're a son of God. Not the Son of God, but you're made in His likeness and image. He's the firstborn of many brethren. And what He did, He didn't do as God on the earth. He did as a man. Anointed with the Holy Spirit. And He said, if you believe on me, the things I do, you'll do also. Didn't He say that? He showed us how to walk in victory and power. So get to talking to that thing. Get a hold of that steering wheel. Quit crying because you're going the wrong direction in life. And get a hold of the wheel. Get a hold of the rudder. Turn this thing around. Even though there's a lot of momentum and you're going into debt and you're going into problems and you're, you're getting sicker and weaker, don't just start crying and going, I'm going the wrong way. I'm going the wrong way. Get a hold of your mouth. Come on, are you with me? And say, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. In Jesus' name, I call my body healed. How many know if you got a giant ship that's going at speed and and with the waves and with the wind, you turn the rudder, that thing's not going to spin on a dime, right? I mean, it's not going to be going the opposite direction instantly. It's going to take a while and a lot of space. And if your life's been going that way for 40 years, you've built up some momentum with this thing. But you begin to say it. I don't live in depression. I have the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, how many say what I'm saying? You got, just like what James says, you got the bridle on the horse and you're pulling, come on, can you pull in his head? You got the bridle? You got the rudder? What are you doing? I'm coming out. I call my body healed. I call my body strong. I call my immune system strong. Come on. Don't shoot yourself with the words of your mouth. My metabolism, I got the worst metabolism you've ever seen. I mean, I can just look at a piece of pie and gain two pounds. You, you couldn't hit me with a stick and make me say that. I got enough issues as it is without, come on, without putting my words against myself. Right? Come on, you better talk to yourself better than that. Speak to your blood and say, blood, be cleansed. Be clear. Be healthy. Metabolism. (laughs) Come on up. Come on. I got a metabolism like a a house fire. You throw something in there. It burns it up. Is that right? Just burns it up. Just burns it up. (laughs) Somebody ought to grab that right there, man. I I got a metabolism like a house fire watch what you say and that's not in any of my notes up here but it's good isn't it somebody needed that and couldn't wait that's why the Lord does it that's why he leads us like this because somebody needed it so much You can't wait till next Sunday. You can't wait till we get around to then. So is is everybody alert and awake? Do you believe the Spirit of God is saying to you, watch your mouth. Make your words help your life, not hurt your life. Get your words working for you. Give your high priest something he can work with. I can almost hear the Lord saying, Work with me here. (laughs) Work. Give me something to work with. (laughs) And you say. This economy is killing me. We're not going to make it like this. And the angels are standing by going. We'll not shut up. (laughs) They're just standing by waiting. Doing nothing. They're sent to help you. But they can't override what you believe and say. Unless you go, I get it. I get it. Ministering spirits, and they go, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Go, cause the money to come in and help me. Satan, I bind you off my finances. I'm prospering. I'm increasing. They go, that's what we've been waiting to hear. And they're out of here. They're working for you. Moving in you. Come on. Do you believe this? Spiritual things are real. Why do you think? There is so much pressure. In the earth. To be negative. Everything. Is negative. Everything. I mean popular words. With the youth. And the next generation. Instead of calling it good. It's bad. Instead of holy, it's wicked. And in the exclamation, foul language is everywhere. And damning this and damning that. Why, why isn't blessing popular? Why isn't that the first thing to pop out of your mouth? You stump your toe. <laughs> and you don't go blankety blank. Toe? You don't want to damn your toe? You don't want to curse your toe? What do you want to do? Bless. Bless your toe. If you need help, if your toe needs help, immediately put your words on and go, Bless toe, that's a blessed toe. That's a blessed, healed toe. You blessed toe, you healed toe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your car's getting older, it won't start. Mm, mm, mm. Blankety, blank, 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 blank car. That's dumb. I said, you already got trouble. Is that right? You want it to get worse? Or you want it to get better? You better pat that dude on the dash and go, this car here? It's a blessed car. It will serve me well as long as I need it. How many know the Lord caused the Israelites' shoes not to wear out? Is that right? And their clothes not to wear out. If he can do that, he can do something for you. Blessed car. We don't curse. We bless. We don't make it worse. We make it better. Did you find 2 Timothy? (laughs) Chapter (laughs) 4. 2 Timothy 4. And verse 6. Paul said, after many years. Of ministry and service to the Lord, he said, I'm now ready to be offered. Don't you want to, when it comes time for you to leave here and depart this life? You can say, I'm ready. I'm ready. And the time of my departure is at hand. Death is not the end, death is not cessation, ceasing to exist, death is transition. Death is a departure. The spirit leaves the body. And if you know the Lord, you go to be with the Lord. And to depart and be with Christ is far better. Hallelujah. Than being here. Keep reading. He said, I have what? I have fought a good fight. Now, just in his first letter to Timothy, what kind of fights he talking about? He, he told him before this one fight the good fight of faith now later he tells him I have fought a good fight good faith fight I have finished my course I have again he lets you know what kind of fight it was I've kept the faith somebody say I fought a good fight I've finished my course I've kept the faith I wanted you to practice that for when you reach the end of your life. Right? How many want to be able to say that with conviction? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, with this in mind, I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9 and 26. The Lord's really been dealing with me, helping me, showing me things about this Good fight of faith, and uh, I'm excited. I'm stirred about it because I believe I see some things more clearly than I ever have about this. I believe you're going to shout about it, get excited about it. We won't be able to get through all of it today, but uh, the Lord Terry's is coming. You plan on coming back? Amen. Good. And if he comes beforehand, it won't matter anyway. We won't care oh, about. <laughs> he said in First Corinthians nine twenty six. He said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. Listen to other translations of this. Now, Paul is talking about him running and him fighting himself. The NIV says, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. Easy to read says, I run like someone who has a goal. I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just the air. New Living says, I'm not just shadow boxing. Today's English says, I'm like a boxer who does not waste his punches. They had boxing back then. It was part of the the Roman games. It was highly uh, regarded. And it literally means with a clenched, closed fist. They boxed. And uh, of course in training, you can shadow box. You can throw punches in the air. But you're not hitting anything. And that's what Paul is talking about. He said, I'm not throwing punches that are hitting nothing but air. I'm not just running in circles. I'm running and I'm going somewhere. Amen. Amen. And when I throw a punch, Amen.
1: It's it's it
0: connects. <laughs> it connects and it does some damage. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is the spiritual fight and the faith fight has not been real to many, many people. It's been a a vague concept, but it is a real fight. How many know we're in a war? It's the truth. And people have gotten all these ideas and the enemy is, it's to his advantage to keep the body of Christ confused about what the fight is and what we're supposed to be fighting and doing. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians, the, uh, the 10th chapter. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Well, let's back up to verse 1. He said, I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold towards you. Paul, if you were around him personally, physically, he was not a pushy guy. He's not a demanding guy. That's what he said. Meekness. Meek and gentle. Well, if he's like Jesus, he'd have to be. Because Jesus had come learn of me. I'm what? Meek. Meek, lowly of heart. But he said he could also be bold. He said, I beseech you that I may not be bold when I'm present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. See, he had the, the reason he didn't feel necessary to wrestle and struggle with you naturally and physically is because he knew that's not where the fight is, Amen. something many have not yet learned. Amen. Keep going. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Say that out loud. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a flesh fight. Now he didn't say we don't fight. He didn't say we don't war. We do. Now, the reason I say this is because people have gotten all kind of ideas about so-called spiritual warfare, and there's people that have done all kind of things that really, maybe their hearts were in the right place, but it was a dumb thing to do. People have went to army surplus and, and bought military uniforms and put on boots and dressed up and Climbed up to the highest point they could get to and and screamed at the devil for hours and called it spiritual warfare. But listen to me. Fatigues, are they spiritual or natural? Natural. Boots, spiritual or natural? Natural. Making a lot of noise, screaming. Don't say, what's wrong with that? Well, what are we fighting? And how do we fight? This has not been clear. I said this has not been clear. And because it hasn't been specific and clear. People have imagined all kinds of things. And done it and called it spiritual warfare. So what about praying? Well what about it? When you're praying who are you talking to? What are you doing? See there's some people. They're supposed to be talking to the father. And they got their sword out. And they're yelling and they're swinging. And they're hollering. And they need to realize, hey, whoa, whoa, you're in the throne room. Put your blade up. You don't need to be yelling and screaming in the throne room. You need to be worshiping and praising God. Is that right? And if you're dealing with the enemy, it's by authority. Is that right? And screaming it 10,000 times doesn't give you more authority than saying it in faith one time. What do we see Jesus doing in dealing with the devil? Do we see him screaming from the top of the hill all night long against the devil? Do we see Paul do that? Peter do that? Just because some folks have done it. And see, the thing is, you can get worked up. You can get emotional. You can get your soul and your mind involved in things. And you can have a lot of feelings. But that doesn't mean you're not punching the air. I mean, a guy can punch the air until he sweats. Amen. Is that right? And feels like he's been in a fight, but he hadn't hit a thing. <laughs> Is that right? He can jump. He can dance. He can punch, 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 and sweat and go, "Whoo, man, that was a round.
1: <laughs>
0: but he didn't hit anything. <laughs> Did I lose somebody? Don't be defensive about something you have no scripture for. Let the word be your standard. You say, well, well hold on, no, hold on. What are you talking about? Where's your scripture for what you're feeling defensive about? When he talks about warring, Let's look at this passage. Keep going. Verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not physical. They're not natural. But they are real. They're not imaginary. And they're mighty. Through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Now sometimes people have stopped reading right there and then they've imagined all kinds of spiritual strongholds that they needed to yell at. But read the next verse. I said read the next verse. What's he talking about strongholds? The next verse tells you. Casting down. We're going to cast down the stronghold. What stronghold? Casting down imaginations. Can imaginations be a stronghold? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is true spiritual warfare. It is a battle of beliefs. Beliefs. And because it's a battle of beliefs, it has to do with thoughts. Because that's how you come to believe something. Is because the thought was revealed to you through words, through ideas. What we believe is the biggest part of what we are. It governs every aspect of our life. And that's what the struggle in the earth is over. That's what the enemy and his cohorts, his evil spirits, are working night and day to do. Is to prevent people from seeing the light and believing the truth. Or get people that have seen the light and believed it to turn loose of it. To get them off of it. And away from it. That is true. Spiritual warfare. I know people have made it a lot of stuff. But I'm telling you. A lot of things people are doing. Calling spiritual warfare. It is shadow boxing. It is punching the air. And I know people get worked up. And I know they sweat and get tired. But when it's all over. They really didn't fight anything. Big statements, I know. But again, where's your scripture? Where's your scripture? Yes, there are times to take authority over things. But you either have authority or you don't. You either believe that what you said will happen or you don't. And you got to watch about I mean if you're wrestling, if you're sweating, if you're screaming, that's a whole lot of flesh. Isn't it? It Flesh, flesh, flesh. And we don't war after the flesh. Come on, somebody said out loud with me. Though we walk in the the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. And our weapons are not they're not natural. They're not physical. Well, when he says pulling down strongholds and warring, keep it in the context. Keep it in the context. What did the next verse say was the strongholds? Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We have not, as a whole, seen the significance of thoughts. There are thoughts that the enemy will fire at you that are more deadly than a poisonous snake in your house. They're more deadly than a poison that you might eat or drink. And yet people don't realize it. There are certain thoughts you must not allow yourself to think. Because if you do, your armor's coming off and you're laying your faith down. You're laying your shield down and your sword down and you will be defeated. There are thoughts that will come to you, sent to you from the enemy. They are attacks on you and your life. And you got to recognize where they're coming from, and you got to say, This thought is not from God. This thought is contrary, contrary to what He told me right. in His Word, and it's time to fight. That's right. Come on, are you? Clear? It's time to fight against that and grab that thought and throw it down and say, No! Amen. No! Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be a failure. Amen. Come on. No! Our marriage is not going to be a disaster. That's right. No. My kids are not going to hell. That's right. Come on. No. I'm not going to die young with this thinking disease. That's right. No. I'm not going under financially. No. I'm coming up. I'm going over. You have to fight that. Yes. Yes. And have you ever noticed how many times the enemy will fire those thoughts at you? Oh, yeah. Just you deflect one, you deal with one. Here it comes again. Amen. Another one just like it. Amen. And another one just like it. And another. I mean, he'll fire things at you half the day, yep. half the night. These Amen. thoughts just keep coming. Somebody say thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. thoughts. These thoughts just keep coming. You going under. You going under. You going under. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And that's when it's time to fight the good fight of faith raise up that shield and say yes I will I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me with long life he'll satisfy me Huh? when you believe that and you say that you are throwing a punch and you are not just hitting the air you will feel something On the other side.
1: (laughs) That's
0: right. You go, okay. Take that. You're this, and you're not that, and you're not going to have this, and you never do that, and this is never going to work, and this is never going to happen. You must not just sit down and cry. Are you listening? You must not just lay down and let that barrage. Of attack from the enemy, sit on you and sit in your mind, you've got to get up and fight that. Yeah. Fight it yeah. with the Word of God, yeah. armor of God. Go with me to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. In order for something to be scriptural, what do you need for it? Yeah. Scriptures. Is exactly right. <laughs> Ephesians 6 and ten. Boy, there's some good things you and I are going to see out of this passage right here. Oh, I don't think we'll get it all today, but. And the Lord is He's helping us. We're going, we're going to You talk about a battle ready bunch. If we will listen and let Him do what He wants to with us, there won't be one whiny baby in the bunch. Right? We will stand up like a fully supplied army. Come on, do you you believe this is the will of God? And because we will not be ignorant of Satan's devices, we will be forearmed and prepared and know what we're fighting and how to fight it, what to fight it with. Verse 10, he said, finally my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice there's a a distinguishing between his and yours. That's why he keeps saying. He didn't just say be strong in yourself and in the power of your might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not just that you can do anything you set your mind to. No, you can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens you keep reading put on the whole armor of God now this is another area that has been entirely too vague to most believers if you ask most people should you put on the whole armor of God oh yeah oh yeah 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 I put my armor on every day what does that mean what does that mean it's not physical armor right. we don't war in the flesh these pieces that he goes through, they reveal spiritual truths to us, but our weapons are not natural. Right. Put on the whole armor means put on the full armor, put on the full armor of God. This will enable us to do what? To do what? To stand against what? Hmm? Very specific. This is important that we get this putting on the full armor of God will enable us to stand against or withstand, and you'll see the word here in just a minute, resist, against what? The wiles or the schemes of the devil, which gives you a lot of insight into this warfare. What is the devil's his weapons? Thoughts Words that reveal thoughts, but what are the thoughts in one word? Lies. Lies. This is what the battle is over. It's a battle of words and thoughts and beliefs. That's true spiritual warfare. Somebody says, well, it's about wicked spirits controlling cities and nations. Okay, but how do they do it? How are they controlling nations and cities? By people in power who believe wrong, Amen. who think wrong, who believe lies, Amen. whose priorities are wrong. Right. Is that right? right? The attack on this country, 9 11. And subsequent, have we been in a war? Yes. People try to imagine that they're not. and I don't think folks realize, and I'm not saying everything's been done perfectly by any stretch. But if some things hadn't been done over there, we'd have been dealing with it here. That's right. And that's a fact. Amen. I'm not saying it's all been done right. But if we just want to pretend that we're not being attacked. We're going to wind up with a lot more attacks. There's a war going on. A physical, natural war. And how many think we should have great respect for our men and women that have left the comfort of home, is that right? And put themselves in harm's way for us. They're dealing with it there so we don't have to hear machine gun fire in our streets outside the church here. Hmm? And a lot of people in parts of the world are. And again, I know a lot of things have been done wrong also, but don't overlook that. And uh, why were these people attacking us? Because of what they believe. Do you see this? It's because of what they believe. There are people, and not just three or four, <laughs> that believe that the earth is infected with Christians and Jews. And that we are a plague that needs to be eradicated from the earth, convert or die. What's the problem with that? Well, it's it's wicked spirits. It is, but what's the functional part of it? The devil can't make people do anything. He's not; He doesn't have that ability. Why are they doing what they're doing? They, they're brought up in it, taught it from a child, or came to believe it as an adult, whatever the case might be, but they came to believe these things. And now these beliefs govern every aspect of their life. They even use these beliefs to justify murder. Well, what about your beliefs? How big a part are they of your life? If you didn't believe in God, you wouldn't be here right now. If there is no God, there is no right and wrong. I don't care what you say. Right and wrong is just your opinion. Or mine. If there is no God, there are no standards. And the only thing that is keeping this rocky world. From coming apart at the seams. Is the light of the earth. And the salt of the earth. Did you know that? That's the only reason there is any. Standard or moral. Or right and wrong in the planet. If everybody on this planet decides tomorrow. There is no God. You, it will go down like a rock. To the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. That's right. Because if there's no God. And there's no life after this. And there's no right and wrong. Then eat, drink, and be merry. Because tomorrow you're dead. If you want it, take it. If you want to do it, do it. Because what does it matter? Your little short speck of an insignificant life. You better grab something because you're gone in a minute. Can you see what I'm talking about? Your beliefs govern everything. And that's why the war is over What you believe. How's the enemy going to get you to believe something? He's going to bring thoughts and words and reasonings and imaginations. Is that right? Concepts and ideas. How's God going to get you to believe something? How's He going to get faith in you? He's ordained that men should be saved by what the world calls the foolishness of preaching. Why? When you're preaching, if you're anointed and called, what are you preaching? You're preaching words. What's in those words? If you understand the language, it's not just a jumbled up bunch of letters. It's not just a bunch of sounds. You're not just hearing sounds. You're getting ideas right now. You're getting thoughts. Is that right? Thoughts are coming to you. One of the most precious things in life are the thoughts of God. Hallelujah, contained in the words of God. And there is no word of God that's void of power. Every one of his thoughts, life-changing. Is it? He said, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? How does the enemy attack us? With his schemes, with his tricks... With his deception. Do not underestimate your enemy. Ah old slew foot. That old devil's defeated. He ain't nothing. Well. How many understand. You going into a fight. You don't just stand around. With your guard down. That's asking for trouble right. Yeah greater is he that's in you. But do not underestimate. The devil has been around. From the beginning of our time. And he has practiced on deceiving human beings for millennia. And he's very, very accomplished at it. And if you think you can go head to head with him, that's exactly what he wants. If you think you're smart enough and intellectual enough to think with him, you're already defeated. If he can get you and keep you in the mind arena with him. But if you'll be submitted enough to God. That if it doesn't agree with God's word. You will you refuse to consider it. Then you're safe. How many know what happened with the first men Adam and Eve. They're out there. Eve is looking at the fruit. And gave the enemy an opportunity to talk to her. He said, no, that's pretty, isn't it? That is lovely. She's brilliant herself. Made in the likeness and image of God. But she listened to him and let him give. She gave him opportunity to deceive her. And the Bible said she became deceived. She actually believed the stuff he was selling. And ignored God and ate of the forbidden fruit if you're really smart you won't try to think with the devil you'll just go i'm not open to that Mm-mm. i don't want to hear it yeah but what about no what about it is written yeah, but what if, and what about, and what about this? What about happened with them? What didn't happen with them? What about, what about, what about, what about? How did Jesus fight? You, he fought with the words of his mouth. He, he still fights with the words of his mouth. And was the enemy attacking him those 40 days and 40 nights? Was he tempting him? Was he bringing a barrage of thought? Even tried to use scriptures on him, didn't he? That's right. yes. What does that show? He's tricky. He's tricky. Do not underestimate. How tricky the devil is. Amen. He's very subtle. What does subtle mean? Subtle means you don't see him coming. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see him coming. Come on. He's subtle. He's tricky. He's deceptive. What about this? Have you considered this? Have you looked at this? The wilds of the devil. For we wrestle not, verse 12, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now what are all those dark forces trying to do? Deceive. They're all involved in the same work. Tell me what the truth will do for you. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, if you remain in my word, you will know and experience the truth. And what will happen when that happens? The truth will make you free. Well, if the truth would make you free, what would lies do to you? What would deception do to you? The truth is light and life and liberty. Lies are deception and bondage and darkness. Is this true? And that's what the warfare is over. How much of the world can we keep in the dark and blind and bound? What does God want to happen? How much of this world can we get enlightened right get the light to come on because when that truth comes in and they decide to believe it and receive it and believe it in their heart and confess it with their mouth the devil himself and all his cohorts can't keep them from being born again and being set free from darkness and bondage and his bunch just suffered a casualty in this war and we just got a new soldier and a family member. And another living stone in the building. <laughs> got that wall built out. We're getting close now. How many of us know there's coming a time when this thing's going to be finished? It's going to be done. Hallelujah. Go with me to Revelation. Man, this has got so big on me. What a, I need to finish with the introduction. and. <laughs> Talk about next week. <laughs> go to Revelation, please. Book of Revelation. And I believe it's the twelfth chapter I want you to go to. Revelation twelve, nine. So the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Is he real? Yeah. Are his spiritual forces, evil spirits, are they real? Yes. We just got through reading about we don't, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. Amen. Everybody say darkness. Dark. Darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places or high places. The old serpent, the devil, the Satan, which does what? Which deceives the whole world. wonder how many billions of people are in total spiritual darkness today on the planet, deceived believing lies. It is billions. It's billions. And he was cast out. If you read the rest of the passages later on in the book, there's coming a time when an angel is going to come down out of heaven And grab him. And throw some chains on him. Is that right? And throw him in the pit. And shut the door. And he's going to be in there a thousand
1: years.
0: (laughs) Have you read that? It it gives me great joy to read about it. And talk about it. Did you notice it said an angel? One. The devil ain't as bad as he cracks himself up to be. If he can't keep one big angel from God. From doing this to him. You know he would stop it if he could. But he can't. After a thousand years. He's let out. Do you know what immediately he begins to do? The Bible said he went to the four corners of the earth. To deceive. See there's no redemption for him. He's got a thousand years. To cool in his heels. And think about what he's done. And the first thing he does when he gets up goes right back to trying to deceive all of mankind. This is your enemy. And this is how he attacks you. And if we know what we're fighting against, we know how to fight it. Beware of people's ideas of what spiritual warfare is because a lot of it is punching the air. What I'm talking about this morning, what we're looking at is scripture and it's true spiritual warfare. Second Corinthians four, and I think I'm close. <laughs> I didn't get very far into this today. But you said you're planning on coming back. Amen. That'll be great. That'll be great. We'll just pick up and keep going. Second Corinthians four and one. Spirit of God through Paul says, therefore seeing we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we faint not. But we have renounced the hidden things of what? Dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. There is no such thing as a God-ordained falseness or lie. Well, God told me to lie to them. No, he did not. God told me to deceive them on that. It was, it was his plan. No, no, I don't care who you are, what you say. It's impossible yes. for God to lie. Right. And He's never has been, never will be any part of any falseness and deception. That is the devil himself, Amen. isn't it? Amen. The Bible said, When the devil speaks a lie, there was, there's no truth in him. Remember that in Romans, I mean, John 8? There's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own because he is a liar and the father of lies. That's what, you want to talk about what the devil has created? That's what he created. He came up with falseness and deception. And the whole world now is full of it, falseness and deception, because Satan, as you'll see in just a moment, has become the God of this world, not forever, not for all that much longer. Keep reading. He said, I'm not going to do all that, that dishonesty, that craftiness, that deceitfulness, but by manifestation of what? Of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Tell me what the truth will do for you. You want to talk about weapons of light? You want to talk about attacking the kingdom of darkness? True spiritual warfare? You know how you do it? You go out on purpose. And by the anointing, you tell the truth. It is a direct assault on the kingdom of darkness.
1: Amen.
0: I know it don't sound as flamboyant as screaming in fatigues. But you'll actually hit something with this punch. Keep going. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Did you know one of the pieces of armor is? The preparation of the gospel of peace. That's your shoes. How many of you can't go anywhere without shoes? In how, how you make it over the rough terrain and all that stuff, right? Yep. What's going to get you there? This is good news. But it's hid to them that are lost. Why is it hid to them? Verse 4. In whom the God of this world has done what? Blinded. He has blinded the minds of them that believe not, they are casualties. In this war, and there are billions of them sitting in darkness today. They don't believe in Jesus, don't believe in God, believe in some false God, don't believe in redemption, salvation. They don't believe it because their minds are blinded. Where was the warfare? What happened in their life? It was their mind that God occupied. By spiritual darkness. And the result is believing lies and being deceived. It's pitiful. People praying to rocks, thinking something's going to change. People's got a thousand different gods in their house that they try to appease and burn incense to. And other people that believe in nothing. That is bad. But their minds. Are occupied territory. Occupied by the enemy. By darkness and blindness. And they won't let the light in. You try to preach to them. They're like don't preach that junk to me. I don't need that religion. And the enemy. Has kept them in in bondage. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God. Should shine unto them. Hallelujah. Verse six says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And when that light comes in and faith dawns and you believe it and you receive it and the truth has occupied your mind and your heart, what will it do for you? What will it do for you? It will make you free and all the demons in hell can't stop it. They can't, cannot stop it. They just have to go back and report we lost another one. You couldn't keep that light out. I tried. I tried. You couldn't keep them from believing that. No, the devil can't keep you from believing anything. He'll do his best to keep you away from it and it away from you. But you are not a casualty in this war. My brother, my sister I'm done, I'm just shouting a little bit you are not a casualty are you now you are a well armed soldier in this army, you have weapons and you know what to do with them and you're about to know a lot more what to do with them, right And you're about to make the evil imps assigned to you wish they were assigned to somebody else because you are just going to be too much trouble. You're not going to fold. You're not going to believe their junk. You're not going to accept their lies. And you are going to frustrate them to no end. Not only that, But you'll be proactive and you'll learn how to launch spiritual attacks into the midst of darkness and get truth to people who are sitting in darkness and blindness and get them set free. How many think we need to band together and go in behind enemy lines and get a bunch of them and take them out? Let's let's get them out, right? Get them out. Break them out. (laughs) There is a war going on. And this is how it's fought. Stand up, please. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just uh, lift up your hands. Close your eyes. Thank the Lord for his goodness, for his greatness. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. I want us to say this out loud in faith remember we we fight with our words said out loud I am not ignorant of Satan's devices I don't fall victim to his schemes and his lies I am a good soldier of the most high I'm a